0: Hello everybody, this episode is sponsored by Wow Boutique. You didn't hear it from me, but what better time to get a great deal on the best clothes than now? You can come out of these COVID times with an excellent wardrobe. Wow Boutique is here for you. They carry your favorite brands at prices that you won't believe. Doors open every day at 9am except for Saturdays and Sundays. They're located at the Uptown Liquor Store in Vuefort. So hop over to Wild wow Boutique uh, at the Uptown Liquor Store in Vuefort. And when you get there, tell them we sent you. For more information, you can call 715-0793. Welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Family Reflections. Uh, I'm your host, Keddy Emanuel. It's good to be back. I missed you guys. Hopefully you all missed me. (laughs) But uh, I'm I'm in here. I'm on the call today uh, with Kevin Maffre, a a past classmate of mine. We were in form two together uh, a long, long time ago. Yeah, man, what I I just I had just transferred to Viewford Compre. Um, uh, I didn't do f- Form One at Fort Compre, and I transferred there. And uh, Kevin was in my class, um, sitting next to my cousin Mark Earl. Shout out to you, Mark Earl, if you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, and yeah, those were good
1: days, man. How are you doing? I'm 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 doing great. Thank you for for having me and the fact that you introduced me as a well a past the classmate, uh, I just want to put in there that you were a very interesting, you were a very <laughs> interesting individual at school. Very, very <laughs> interesting.
0: Very creative. Oh, thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, it, it, we, we had some good good days in Form too, man, uh, with teachers like uh, Mr. Bayless. Uh, I think, oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, we had some good teachers. It was a good time, you know, innocent times uh definitely a lot of fond memories there um but before before we get into anything you were telling me a little bit about your background I understand right now you are an educator um uh, but you also told me a little bit about uh social uh social research that you're doing can you tell me a little bit about that for the viewers and listeners
1: yeah basically um what I am trying to find uh, fundamentally speaking, uh, is the correlation between the the cognitive development of the child and, and the behavioral patterns of the child with the, the structure in the home. And uh, that's something that I'm working with as an educator, I am trying to find in, 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 in smaller, well uh, in a more interesting way, I am trying to see whether or not the child behavior and the way the child is dependent on whether or not there is structure in the woman. What I I would define structure as is ordered behavior, ordered routines, which the child would be able to take part in all the time. It's giving the child a form of responsibility uh, because we understand that uh, Piaget, a very good uh, uh, psychologist and he he, is, he has a lot of, good, his work is well renowned in educational psychology. And he is saying that personal, what he is saying is that personal responsibility is needed for the growth and development of the child cognitive behavior. Okay. So I'm trying to find out if we can see whether or not there is a correlation between the order in the home, whether or not the home is ordered, and if there is order, if the children that have an older woman behaves better and they have better grades in school.
0: Okay. Uh, And so basically you're trying to find that correlation between uh, development, uh, cognitive development and the home life, right? The home life background of children. What inspired you to um, look into that? Uh, that's, uh, That's a very
1: good searching question, I would say. Um, the past few months, we we saw a, a spike in crime in St. Lucia, and most importantly, there was a couple episodes in in, in Viewforth and um, in, in Dennery, sorry, and Dennery as well. And I asked myself, what is the, as, as, as thinking as a, a researcher, I asked myself, what is the age range of the individuals that is being in those incidents or in those um, um, violent acts and the ones that are doing the the, the violent acts. And I realized with minimal evidence provided to me that a lot of those males, you would say are between the age of, let's say 20, they're about average 20 to about 30. So I I went on on St. Lucia statistical um, um, website and I was looking at the incarcerated males from 1993, 1994, and 1995, and it was and it, it was very interesting to me that in 1993, and if you, and persons can go and check that out, like uh, Saint Lucia statistical data, 1993 we had 700 plus males went to prison. 1994 about the same. 1995, about the same. So when I did the maps, I'm thinking, I'm saying, okay, from 1993 up to 2021, a child that was born in that time, how old would he be? And the average age of a child born 1993, 1994, 1995, would be around the, the same range of persons taking part in those violent acts that that spiked recently. Yeah. And I'm saying, wow maybe and that's me speculating that's why i'm doing the research i'm speculating first i'm asking a question i'm theorizing whether or not that's what it is i'm saying maybe the persons that were in prison from 1993 to 1994 1995 the males maybe we had homes where the male wasn't and, and we know that and that's something that we've been talking about for a very long time The males were not present in the the lives Mm -hmm. of those individuals. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they behave the way they do. Because as a father would understand, the father would be the one to provide order in the home. And the father would be the one to teach the the male how to behave properly, fundamentally speaking. Not saying that it's it's an impossible task for a mother to do, but the, the father would model how proper behavior would be acted out if he knows how to do that and you lead the child in a more ordered way so i'm saying whether or not if that if there is a correlation between the the home if there is order in the home because that's what education does people think education is going to the classroom sitting down and writing a mouse paper and doing english and doing all that there is a latent function of education where you have to get to school on time one punctuality you have to you have to sit down in the class and you have to be obedient. That's another one. You have to go out for break. Break is a specific time, and you have to do your ease your bowels and whatever for break. And then you have to go back and sit in the class. So education is a form of setting structure, structure for the individual to follow patterns. So that this structure, it was theorized that this structure causes the, the, the human being to adopt responsibility at an early age, which responsibility is used. to to harness the cognitive function of the human being. So I'm saying if we can have order in the school, we need to have order in the home and Mm -hmm. we need to have order in the community to be able to develop the child holistically because the school will not be able to do all that by themselves. If the school have order and the child go home and there's no order, we tend to lose what we put in during the eight hours at the school.
0: So it basically, you're kind of undoing what was just done at school as soon as the child gets, gets home, right? Um, and I, I think that's admirable. I think um, it's, it's commendable that you took the time to go through the data and find uh, that possible correlation and that you're now taking the initiative to uh, dive deeper and uh, kind of go down the rabbit hole and see uh, exactly what the numbers are really telling us. Um so yeah uh, definitely sh- uh hats off in that respect. What I want to do now though is uh I do want to speak about your book for for the viewers and listeners um very quickly I do have to tell y'all if you like this video uh, if you if you like Kevin, which I know you already do, uh, go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Uh, comment and let us know your thoughts about this conversation. We want to hear what you're saying as well. Um, but Kevin, I want you to tell us. I want you to tell us a little bit uh, about your journey um, into into towards writing this book. Um, uh, how did you get to the point where you decided to write uh, this book entitled Purpose Driven? Am I getting that right?
1: Yeah, The Meaning of Life is Found in the Purpose to
0: Live. Okay. So go ahead and tell us your story.
1: Uh, well, you, I don't know if you remember that I played basketball at before Conference. I definitely you remember that. that. <laughs> yes. and, and I represented the school of under 16. Represented the school under 19. After I was done with school basketball, I traveled uh, nationally. Well, I played nationally. I, I captained the Denver Dolphins team for a while nationally. Um, I traveled regionally, Willwood Islands, uh, St. Vincent, Grenada. Um, I went to Matnik for a little while. And then I played internationally. Cleveland, there was a tournament in Cleveland. I played internationally. So that was my. I was very passionate about basketball at the time. And this was something that gave me an aim, something to look forward to, something that gave my life meaning. And when I was playing basketball, I found myself because of the fact that it was valuable to me and it took me places, incremental progress. I could have seen that I was doing well. I was rewarded based on getting trips and other places. So I was focused, Um, no matter, despite of my humbling background, I did not fall into what was the major aspect of my surroundings at the time. Because my surroundings, there are there were persons who, who fell into drug use at an early age, who fell into specific uh, uh, social ills that wasn't beneficial to them, but to me, because I know I had an aim in my mind that I was playing basketball and I was doing that, I kept that discipline because I know where I wanted to go. I read this book, um, "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People" uh, Highly effective people by Stephen Covey, and when I read that book, I remember myself back then. He said you must always have an end in mind, and that end in mind—that's one of his one of his habits of highly effective people. The end in mind will propel you during uh, difficult times. But then I was awarded a, I, I got a scholarship actually. Uh, I got an opportunity to get a scholarship actually. And that was at my last resort. That was the, the last thing on the agenda that I had to accomplish. And it came to the point where the scholarship did not go through because of eligibility issues. And I attended POSEC and I was attending a, a junior college and all those things. And okay. because <clears throat> I lost my, my aim, that valuable aim that kept me in the difficult time, it was just taken away from me. The light that was beaconing ahead of me, it just went dark, And then I fell to depression, and I fell to the same behaviors around me that, that, that I was kept away from for a very long time. Because of that aim, because of the fact that I, I lost that valuable aim, now I felt, I found myself being driven by the will to pleasure. The, the will to pleasure, no longer the will to meaning. And okay. when I got to myself and I said, no, no, Kevin, that's not, that's not who you were when you were passionate about something. That's not who you were when you were playing basketball. That's not who you were. And then I, I started, I, at that time, I, I ended teacher's college during going through the depressive state. I went to teacher's college. I did all those things, but none of those things was meaningful to me. I was just doing them because I had to do them. But then I still find myself out partying late. I still find myself chasing hedonistic pleasures. I still find myself doing things as detrimental to me as, a, as an individual. But then I started reading, I started reading Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. I started reading Carl Jung. I started reading um, um, Mitchell. I started reading those reading those guys. And those guys end up telling me exactly what the problem was. And the analysis was spot on. Because back then, when I had, a, when I had an aim or, or when I had a purpose, you could say, my life was more aligned to doing things that are beneficial to me as an individual and beneficial to society. But then when I lost that aim, I fell down and I was basically going against what would be beneficial to me and what would be beneficial to society. When I look past it, I say, wow, that was my personal experience. But then I look outside of myself and I realized a lot more persons are doing this exact same thing. They are driven by the will to pleasure and not the will to meaning. So I'm saying I took up on I took three years of my life to try to articulate or synthesize the information that I have read from, that I was influenced by those, by those persons that I read because I'm an avid reader. I, I like to read a lot on, on personal development and things like that. And okay. I'm saying like I can synthesize the information, put it together and let persons know that a valuable aim is mandatory in living a healthful, uh, a, 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 a healthy and fruitful life,
0: right. fundamentally okay.
1: speaking. So uh, I'm
0: just going to make sure that I have everything, everything you just sh- shared. So in, in summary, really, you're saying that basketball was your goal, that that was uh, your driving force uh, for a while, and yeah, uh, at
1: school, at when you're at school, when, right. when I was at school, and, and yeah, and,
0: and that gave you a, a level of focus. It kept you out of trouble, um, uh, but then, as you know, some things went wrong, uh, and you know, you're now uh, probably at the end of your basketball career, and you realize that okay, with with, with the absence of basketball and that consolidating focus, you're now you kind of started spiraling a little bit and kind of just being a little aimless. And I think that that's very important because I think there are a lot of young people uh, like you and myself uh, who uh, in St. Lucia, uh, have goals and dreams and, 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 aims. And, uh, because of the economy or because of, uh, uh, socioeconomic circumstances, uh, it's very difficult to, to get to where, uh, they might want to be and then they find themselves kind of getting distracted you know you have a little girlfriend you have a little you start uh, doing a little drug you know start drinking a little too much staying out a little too late and your life starts to get away from you because you have lost focus yeah. right and i i think your book your book can really speak
1: to this yeah that's exactly what my book is speaking to so
0: tell me, did you always aspire to be an author? When we went from two, were you sitting there saying, boy,
1: I can't wait to write a book, one of these things? <laughs> and, and, that's, and, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of having a, a valuable aim. And when I say the valuable aim, I mean, you, you must try to align yourself with something that is beneficial to you as an individual you cannot forget about yourself is beneficial to your family i hope that benefit my family is beneficial to your community is beneficial to your wider society or your nation and it's, it's probably beneficial to your to, to your culture so if you could find an aim like that that is that that's beneficial to to that's beneficial on every level of analysis then you would find yourself making incremental progress. Now you have, you will get yourself investigating different things that you never really know that you could have done. So when I realigned myself with a valuable aim, I start to realize that, hey, I could try that. I'm skillful in that way. And as a, when I was growing up in school, I was a very analytical person. I, I like to analyze every single thing and I, and I, and I discovered that I discovered that about myself when I pursue an aim that is valuable. I discovered that I'm very analytical. I discovered that I really love to write I discovered that I, there is a creative part of me that that it, 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 it finds itself in almost like in academia you could say but it's not solely that but there is something that I, I, I aspire to understand. And when I understand, I try to share. Mm-hmm. That's when I understand something. Like I'm not going to understand something to myself. Uh, like he said, uh, the, the man who gains wisdom and keep wisdom to himself is render, rendering wisdom worthless. And when I get to know something, I'm eager to tell somebody. Hey, let's look at it from that point of view. Hey, let's improve the way we view the world. Hey, let's improve our interpretive structure. And right. I, I find passion in doing that. I, I don't do it because I want to sound like I'm smarter than others. I want to do it for others to come on board and try it out too and say, yeah, that's true. Let's all do it like that. Or let's all try to understand that for what it is so that we could improve our lives and we could improve society. We could improve the community and we could improve life in general.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's key. Uh, I think, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think we need uh, persons to do that and keep doing that for us to move forward as a people. Um, I, I never heard that, that quote by uh, Hill Selassie. So that that's, that's a, that's a very, uh, yeah, I'm going to hold on to that one. <laughs> he, he, say it again, he, that does not share wisdom renders wisdom worthless Is Yeah, like-
1: he you who gains wisdom and, and doesn't share wisdom he renders it worthless wow. so it's worthless to understand something and not share it yeah basically okay. all right
0: yeah that, that that's cool man that's a good that's a very cool phrase um so yeah first of all i have to say i'm proud of you uh for uh pursuing uh what that thing that was inside of you up until this point that you've now come forward with this book um uh which viewers and listeners i want to plug in very quickly is available on amazon uh, wherever this episode is being played you'll find the link to the book in the description uh on this episode so make sure to go over there and buy it check it out all right let's show your support for mr mafra here um now, this question is, is a little funny, but I'm going to help you that ask, uh, you're soon to be married. So first of all, congratulations, right? Thank you. Yeah, so congratulations in advance. Um, I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I really hope the best for your union. Um, I want to say, how do you envision applying some of the principles from your book uh, to your marriage? We know marriage is not easy. Marriage is, yes. is uh, uh, uh uh, a full-time job uh, and very re- rewarding. Also, like I, I don't want to paint <laughs> anything, <laughs> but it's very rewarding. But it- it's it's a challenge, right? It needs your attention. So, how do we apply the principles from your book to your upcoming marriage?
1: Yeah, um, I just want to. Before I go into the question, I would like to say that there is one. There is a. a, 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 a there's a very big difference between understanding something conceptually and applying those things physically or practically in, in, in your life. And I've been speaking to a lot of uh, older persons who have walked the same path and who have, who shows a, a level of, of, of fruits in, in that area. They show that they're still here over the no matter the challenges that they went through, they are still here doing the best that they can. One of the, 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 the underlying issues in my book that correlates with exactly what they are telling me is the aspect of having a purpose and being driven with a, a purpose in life is basically taking up your responsibility as an individual, as a male, as a woman, or, or, or as a child, or as a different roles, you take up your responsibility. And that's one of the, the, the things that, And and that's one of the habits that is embedded upon us as human beings to be able to grow and move forward in life because we are conscious of our actions, we are conscious of what we do and taking up our responsibility is something that is very important in any relationship you endeavor to have, it could be a job, it could be a partnership taking up your responsibility, doing what you have to do and not going based on how you feel. There's a chapter in my book called Self Mastery. Self Mastery and it's, it's, it's really, it really speaks to, to me emotionally as well. You don't allow your emotions to guide you. Yes, you have emotions. Yes, the emotions come. Yes, you are aware of those emotions. Yes, those emotions can be difficult to deal with, but you cannot let the emotions guide your actions. You must always be ahead, you must always be stronger than your emotions. You must always be the one not only in control, but the one to respect the emotions and the one to say, okay, I am not feeling to do that today. It's a feeling, but it's important that this have to be done. And that's one of the ways that we can take up our responsibility generally in life. So I believe if I can, if I can commit to Taking up my responsibility as, first of all, uh, a man and then uh, a husband and a friend to my spouse, I believe that it would be able to guide us through difficult times and provide longevity.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a good answer. And I think. Uh, something that all of us can apply in not only our marital relationships, but all our relationships as well. Um, uh, we we have a past episode with Kina uh, talking about relationship, communication and uh, relationships. Uh, the, the One of the most important things in life. And uh, I think anything we can do to equip ourselves um, to uh, maintain healthy and long lasting relationships, uh, we should uh, absolutely uh, dive into. Uh, are you planning on writing another book? Is there something else in the wings right now? Something
1: you're working on? I, I really wanted to, okay, I'm going to talk about it. I'm looking to publish a child's book um, in, in September, the title, The Purpose of the Giant Magical Pants. It's very interesting read for children, I'm looking to publish this in September, but I'm also looking to continue writing along the lines that I'm writing, that, that I started writing in the first place. But yes, there are, there's a lot more to come if I'm, I'm, I'm spared, if I'm graced with more life, I think that I would be able to produce a better work than I did produce with that book because that's my first one. Like, like Carl Jung said, the fool is the precursor to the savior. So, because if you attend something for the first time, you're not do it perfectly. It's yeah. not going to be the best. You are going to stumble along your first try. And your third try, your fourth try, your fifth try, you are going to get the best when you continue to do what you're doing. So, I'm, I'm aspiring to write books that when persons read those things, they could have a clearer understanding of, well, not the, a perfect understanding of life, but a clear understanding of at the the point of existence they are in at the time
0: now so i I just quickly want to go back to the title the purpose of the giant magical pants yes (laughs) that's a great title (laughs) yeah like i want to read the book (laughs) i want to know what the purpose of the giant magical pants is (laughs) that sounds like a great title man definitely (laughs) is it is it done
1: finishing touches i want to release it for september when school opens okay okay
0: yeah man folks so so stay tuned for the purpose of the giant magical pants Uh, i'm looking forward to that i think i think that's a great book Well, Uh, and i'm guessing that basically it carries a lot of the principles of purpose driven right is that correct
1: yes sir all
0: right, now that, that sounds like a great read, man. Um, so coming out of, coming out of um, our line of conversation here, we're, we're going to get a little philosoph- philosophical, um, but y- you're speaking about purpose, right? And it's been my observation that across uh, societies around the world, human beings always stop and ask why? Why? Why are we here? Why are we doing these things? Why am I here on this planet uh, having to uh, survive and work and, and, and do all these things that I'm doing? Why? 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 And for some people, uh, they find the answer in religion. For some people, uh, they find the answer in uh, material things, and they just they, they make their life about acquiring material possessions. Uh, some people use drugs to try to forget the question, um, and the list just goes on. Um, so, what what do you think puts that question of why in us? Um, that's
1: a that's a that's a, that's a wonderful question, and that's what that's what I was faced with first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I am why, like I am doing the things that I am doing. Uh, it is it is an it, it is an okay human beings fundamental well human beings that's not fundamentally speaking that's human beings talking about consciousness we are we are the only animal i could use that term loosely the, the only being i'm not going to say that the only being on the planet who has self-awareness we we have five we have five gifts that the animals don't have we have one self-awareness we have two conscience we have three independent will we have four the, the to set our mind at any end we at any end that we would want to get and we can pursue that and we have five imagination so since we are aware of our past we call that psychological time we are aware of our past we are aware of our present and we are aware of our future right so at the current point that we are right now there's always somewhere that we are going we are going somewhere and it was because Ernest Becker, he's, a, he's an anthropologist, and he he, read, he he wrote in his book that, and I'm going to summarize that very shortly. He said, human beings, if they do not have uh, an aim, or they do not have something to work towards, they will all, and he has said it they will all just come together and lay down by the rivers of fish and die. Because not only, Food is not the only thing that human being needs to sustain their life. Human being needs meaning. Human being needs to know that what they are doing it is it is not worthless. It is it is something of some worth, something. So understanding those things it is it is an it's, it's meaning and purpose is like an instinct, just like hunger. You have an it's a instinct for for hunger. You're hungry. You have to. It is driven you. Meaning is an instinct. Everybody in that is alive wants to know that their life is meaningful. Yeah. Everybody, it's an instinct. It is something that is inherently, it is in us, it is encoded in us. It, is, it, is, it, is, it, it, it came with us as human beings. We cannot we, we kind of empirically have facts and evidence to show that, but our experience, your experience, Everybody's experienced that living. Why do you get up and go to work to, to get food? To, um, why do you, there are certain things that you do. You look at yourself in the mirror, you get dressed, you have relationships, you do all those things. All those things are, in, are, are based on the fact that you are searching for something to satisfy that instinctual desire of, 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 of meaning, of doing something great with your life it comes with life it comes with the territory yeah yeah and w- what
0: occurred to me while you were breaking that down is that in the case of hunger w- when we get hang- hungry it's because there's food and our body's telling us hey i need food so isn't the the fact that we have an inherent need for meaning an
1: indication that there is meaning I'm, I'm going to speak to you about uh, what, my, the greatest book I've read in my life by Viktor Frankl, "Man's Search for Meaning." Going to give you a little history on who Viktor Frankl is. He's the he's the father of logotherapy, and he was imprisoned in, in in um, in a concentration camp in World War II by uh, the, 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 the 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 German forces. He, he was a Jew, and basically. What he found out, and one of the things that he said in his book, he said between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is my ability to choose my response. In my response comes my power and my freedom. Basically, what he is trying to say that we human beings, we have the we have the free will to choose how we behave in whatever circumstances that. It, that is given to us. So we are not deterministic. There is something inside of us that can choose between the instincts. There's something between us like when instinct come, the stimulus on the outside where the stimulus come and the instinct is the, 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 the immediate behavior. So when you see something on the outside of you, your first action to act on that thing is the instinctual behavior that, that comes with who you, that comes with with being human, with being a, the human, but the conscious awareness of that instinct and the stimulus and being able to choose how you respond to that instinct above, to that, in, to that stimulus above the instinct is something only the human being can do. So if every time the human now chooses one thing over the other, that's automatically saying, what you choose over the other thing, it's more valuable than the other thing, and it is more important, and this gives you meaning. So your fact to choose one over the other shows that one is better than the other, because you're choosing, and if you choose in, and, and, and that's, that's, that's fundamentally the, the, the foundation of, of, of ethical suppositions, of, of ethics and morality, always choose what is right. And how do you know what is right? What is right is, is embedded in what provides a behavior that causes life to be sustainable?
0: Right. Yeah. And what what really grabbed me there as well is this ties into a past episode, folks, uh, with Miss Janie. Uh, if you've been following the show, uh, I spoke to Miss Janie um, uh, not too long ago about conflict management, and she was we we were speaking about this example, and she said that. Uh, if if somebody walks over because i I was giving her this example of okay you're in a session you're in a party and you're dancing with a girl right and some guy walks over pushes you off you know sucks his teeth you know treating you like a poppy show right and then he starts dancing with the girl and now you as a man you feel disrespected you feel uh like you know you've been confronted and disrespected and most people will say I have to do this. I have to react. I have to do something with me. See me I think he can disrespect me and all these things. But in reality, you have a choice. In that moment, you have a choice. And even with people that, let's say, somebody steps on your toe, we like to say, oh, the person made me vex. The person made me vex. The person you made choose, me upset. You chose to be vex. No, you chose to be vex. <laughs> and that's... that's I think once you understand that, once you have a full, uh, strong grasp of that, you are now well positioned to build your what I like to call emotional intelligence, and really build your grasp of yourself. Because you look at there, there was an incident in Derry so not too long ago, um, I think maybe last week, um, or two weeks ago, where uh, two cousins, a first cousin. Um, and, and his cousin, the guy was by the river washing his clothes and his own first cousin came up behind him, killed him. And now that family has lost double. They lost two sons because one is going to jail for the rest of his life. The other one is dead, right? And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you there is nothing that was worth that response. There, 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 there are no winners in that situation. You're right. And um, if, if, if that person holding the cutlass or holding the knife, whatever he used to attack his cousin, if in that moment he just stopped and made a decision, made a choice that was different he would have saved he would have saved two lives both the life of the person that he killed and his own life um, so so this is important stuff man this is very 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 important stuff and it has lasting consequences for people yes yeah so yeah you know I just got a little sad even talking about that but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that but it, it, it's real you know Um. But tell me, uh, just going back to the, the process of offering a book, because a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, don't really know what it's like going through that process. You know, you have an idea, you feel driven to put a pen to paper, um, but how how do you actually go about doing it?
1: Um, it's it, it it depends on the genre. It depends on uh, your aim for writing. It depends on on, on many variables you have to take into consideration Uh, because the book that I I wrote and the materials that I I write, it's based on research. It's based on what others have said, what other professionals have said on the topic and how others have uh, argued on the topic. And i spent like, a little over three years writing this book, and when I said writing the book, when I say I spent three years writing the book, persons would say, persons would think I spent three years writing the book, like as t- texting on 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 formulating words and and coherent sentences. No, three years writing the book means that I was basically doing research for probably a year, reading probably a year. I read all that I could have found on the topic for a year. Everything, bought books on Amazon every month. First thing I'll do is buy two books on Amazon on the topic. For a month, every month when I get paid, first thing I do, buy two books on the topic. Investigate the authors, investigate what the authors were interested in, investigate the history of the authors, investigate why the authors would write such a book, and then I will read the book once or twice. And then I will try to see if different ideas correlate. So the ideas that stuck throughout, if I read 15 books, the ideas that stuck throughout the 15 books, I would say, okay, there is something there. It is coherent with 15 authors that spent, that they didn't live at the same time. One of them lived in, 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 in the 16th century, the other one lived in the 15th century. The other one lived in the seventeenth century, and the majority of them they kept that coherent idea. They said there is something in that idea, so I investigate that idea deeply, and then I synthesize the things that is that is to our context as as we take up the, the, the the age of the individuals that I'm writing towards in my target market. Um, there are things that I cannot see. Uh, things that I cannot write because persons might not understand it. So I must break it down and still concentrate. So I have to sympathize it to the persons around my area, around my um, 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 around my group, my understanding, and then I have to write a book. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, now, <laughs> very quick, It's it sounds like, is that a political rally passing by your home right now? Yes. Yes. Very. Yeah, guys. um, Yeah, this Sunday I was looking, I myself was looking at some of the rallies going around the island, uh, people jumping up, enjoying themselves. I just want to take a moment right now to encourage you and use this platform to tell you that check out what you're voting for. You know, Uh, don't vote blindly based on what color you're seeing, whether it's red or yellow or green or blue, you know, take a moment to do research on why you're voting for who you're voting and then make your best decision based on that all right
1: and I would, I would like to also say that uh i think a young person should exercise their right to vote i think person should go out and and vote and take part in the process right absolutely
0: absolutely um but yeah, going back to your process, you said that you, you did research and you did reading and, and all of that. So now take us to the point where now you have done the research, you have sat down and you've written and you now have your full manuscript. Where do you go from there?
1: Full manuscript and that's, that's the most difficult that's the most difficult part. well, right. that was the most difficult part for me because it was my first book. Um, while I was writing the book, I was speaking to a friend of mine and a friend of mine said, Oh, you, you need to find a publisher. You need to know who, how are you going to publish the book? I'm saying, well, it's going to come. I'm going to find a way to publish it. I, I didn't know, honestly, all I know is that I wanted to write a book and the process of writing the book. what was very exciting to me was waking up three in the morning. That was wonderful. Waking up three in the morning, four in the morning and writing up to seven. And then I would get ready and I'll go to work. And that, that, that made my day, that my day was so great that my, my thoughts were clear. I knew what was I, what, what I was about. I started with and it was it was wonderful. And when I developed or uh, on when I developed my manuscript, uh it on onto me that, hey, research or publish, research, I just research online how to publish a book. And KDP come up and the KDP is something on Amazon. So I got a publisher directly on Amazon and I just published the book on Amazon and the book was just on Amazon from there. Right. So my first draft, my first it went through Amazon. I published on Amazon. Yeah.
0: And, and I actually went through that same exact process for a book I wrote called George Road. Um, uh, this episode is not for that, so I will not be telling you all too much about that. But uh, KDP uh, is a, a platform on Amazon where you can actually self-publish your book. And I, I think it's revolutionary for offers everywhere. Uh, where previously you had to go through these traditional publishers might, that might decline you or not really appreciate your work, or you know, um, it might be very difficult. But now uh, Amazon has really shifted um, the 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 frame there, um, so. Uh, I, I really want to want to encourage people, if you have something on your chest, if you have something that you really want to put pen to paper for, don't hesitate, uh, be driven and be focused um, as, as as Mr. Mafra was, and, and and push forward towards your goal. And um, I, I think one thing, and I, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I think one thing that is um I think what for me was the most difficult was there comes a point in writing where it's easy to just kind of slowly fade away because <laughs> staying focused for the uh, the length of a book, so staying focused on writing, let's say, 60,000 words, um, as much as you might have a lot to say, you're not going to sit down and write the whole thing in one day, right? no so having the discipline to come back to it and sit down and say okay let's get this done let's get this done let's i think done. i think that's
1: where i think that's where reading comes to reading comes into play because when you and right now i'm reading i'm reading i'm reading a lot right now because i'm doing my degree in psychology with you so i'm both reading for you and i'm reading my own my own thing so when i'm done here when i'm done with these things i have enough to say. So when I sit down to write, I never have enough time to write. I don't know if I if I experience any severe writer's block. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did because I always it, stuff always came up. Stuff always came up. The, the, the neurons and the neurons keep firing. It keeps connecting sentences. It keep connecting words. It keep just because I read all what there is to read um, around the idea. So and the the mind is a powerful thing. The yeah. mind is a powerful, the mind is very powerful. I don't think we understand how powerful our mind is. If you surround your mind with something for a very long time, there is the, the unconscious, the unconscious, the personal unconscious part about you, what Jung called the personal unconscious, is that you, like you're downloading stuff into you, you're downloading stuff into you. That's why the music we listen to is very important. That's why the, everything that you listen to and watch is very important your diet is not only the food you put in your mouth and eat the diet is what you see what you hear what you put your focus on because you have a recorder that's always recording always recording always recording so if you are always recording something deliberately into the unconscious now when you come to put it on paper when you come to say it's going to just give you give you stuff to see give you stuff to see give you stuff to see and it's it did, and, and it's it's part of the creative process that but I don't think we have, as human beings, have come to understand objectively. It is something that is just, just it's, it's, it's 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 almost found in inspiration, you could say. It's, it's almost defined as inspiration. It's it's something that just gives you info. It just gives you, just gives you, just gives you, and you just you just rush to put it down on paper. And one of my process that I find that's wonderful, I have pieces of paper all over, like here. I have these things here. Pieces of papers like this all over the house, all over the house. This is all over the house when I'm writing. These things are all over the house. And when something come to me, I would rush, get a paper and write it down. Rush, get a paper and write it down. Sometimes I'm cooking, I'm dropping everything, I'm rushing just to get a paper to write something down. So something came to my awareness. I connected a point. Just rush to write it down, and then I come together at one sitting and I amalgamate all what that came to me during the day or during the night or. And it's, 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 it's a wonderful process. Yeah. And, and I think an important thing to
0: grab there is you stop and write it down, right? Um, so uh, folks, I don't know if you follow us. Sometimes we make some comedy sketches. And sometimes we, make, we have these little skits that we do every now and again. Um, and in some of them, we actually have some messages if you're paying attention. Um, but a lot of the ideas for those things might come to me when I'm driving, or I might be talking to my mother or sister at some point, and, and somebody says something, I'm like, yo, we should do that, you know? But what, what is important there for me is I always stop, I have a little note app on my phone, I have a little something on my phone. I just quickly whip out my phone and I just write maybe one sentence or, 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 or just a few words to capture the idea. Because if you don't write it down, you lose it, right? As powerful as our as our mind is, it's all it's always
1: getting rid of extra space, you know. So and, and yeah. that's and, and the fact that I experience what you said. There's so much. That's why I tend to have those things. I develop. The, the, the habit of having writing material around the house because I have lost so many great things that things that came to my awareness and I say okay okay yes that's nice I'm going to leave it there I will, I, will, I will remember it later and I was dead wrong I didn't remember it for the life of you I never did remember it never came again so I say no that's not going to happen I'm losing too many great I'm, too, I'm losing too many great things that I really need to put on paper. So okay. I just keep writing it. When, it. when it comes to me, whatever I'm doing, if I'm washing, if I'm cooking, whatever I'm doing, I drop that when I go and write it.
0: Yeah, man. And not not only with capturing ideas is writing stuff down useful, but it's also useful uh, for uh, pursuing goals and getting things done as well. So oftentimes you, you might have a really grand goal and um you're not really sure how you're going to make it happen yet but i guarantee you if you take these baby steps if you just write down okay i know i want to build a stadium (laughs) right so at first that goal just sounds ridiculous you know But for me, and I'm just telling you all, for for me, I didn't write a book called Purpose Driven, but (laughs) I'm just sharing some some helpful things. For me, uh, if I had that goal, I would start by saying, okay, the first thing I need to do is seek funding, right? And then you start breaking that down. How can I get funding. Okay. Can I speak to a venture capitalist? Can I? can I he uh, send an email to a government official? Can I do this? Can I do that? And that's and as soon as you start writing those things down, now you have wheels turning and you have something you're starting to build momentum towards your goal. And and I, I think that's that's very useful. I
1: and, and you said you said you think that's that's one of the things that we have not come to understand consciously we go to university we go to school they ask us to write they ask us to write an assignment they ask us to write something they ask us to write an essay but we never ask ourselves what is the motive for writing what is writing helping us with Mm. think about it for a minute what is writing helping you with but you explain it writing helps you think that's what it does it helps you to think and to think well if you could write coherently that means your thought pro- and that's what i said earlier when i write when i write in the morning and i go to school my thought processes are clear i know how to think i pay attention to detail i analyze i synthesize because that's what writing does if somebody cannot think properly they'll not be able to write properly mm-hmm. if you can if you can think well you write well because you investigate every variable you investigate every variable. You analyze every situation, like you said, a perfect example. If you're going to write down how to build a stadium, you're not just going to say, okay, then hire, then, then hire the builders. No, that, that makes no sense. Something comes before that. Then you have to ask yourself, what comes before that? Oh yes. I need something that is fundamental, the funding. Oh yes, where do I get the funding? Now you're starting to think. That's yep. thinking. Yep. You start to think writing, writing is something that teaches you or enhances your capacity to think. And that's one of the that's one of the latent functions of one of the things that I'm doing right now, I find we live in a society where persons don't think well. Persons don't think well, persons are driven based on conditioning and domestication. Conditioning is when you are you in a specific area, or you're in an environment, and Persons give you a reward in that environment for behaving that specific way. So every time you behave one way, that is um, Pavlov classical conditioning um, um, experiment, behaviorist. Pavlov was a behaviorist psychologist and he he used the the dog and the bell. Every time he rang the bell, he gave gave the dog the food to eat. So when he rang the bell, he associated ringing the bell with the food and then the dog salivates so when he give the dog the food, the dog salivates while it eats the food. But then he associate the ringing of the bell with the food and the salivation. And then when he rung the bell without the food, the dog salivates. That's conditioning. That's a real thing. Human beings move based on the fact that they are conditioned. And then you have domestication. Domestication is basically when what you see around you, when you see something around you, that's where you are. That's your environment. And, um, and Eric Erickson talk about the soci- socio- socio-culture, psychosocial um, theory of of, of of cognitive development. Basically what he's saying is your environment around you shifts who you become. So when you are domesticated, let's say you grow up in an environment where you see your father abusing your mother all the time. You grow up to be a male that will abuse his wife or his partner all the time. You are domesticated. You, you didn't think critically for yourself. A lot of us, we are not acting based on wise thinking. We are not acting based on objective decision-making on our own parts. We are just stimulus response.
0: Yeah, it's autopilot. No,
1: no thinking, no analyzing, no interpreting, stimulus response stimulus response, we behave in a deterministic way. So somebody hung a bread over your head, you jump. They (laughs) treat you like an animal. That's how animals behave. Animals see food, eat. Danger, defend. That's animalistic point of view. But human beings are not that way. Human beings have consciousness. We have conscious awareness and we can choose how to behave despite on how we feel. So writing helps you with that. Writing helps you to think clearly and it helps you to speak properly as well. Yeah, man. Um,
0: how do you think we can encourage more writing in St. Lucia
1: or uh, in the Caribbean as a whole? That's, that's a loaded question. Um, I think by telling persons what, I think that's by motivating persons with the truth about writing, because I think persons want to think well.
0: Yeah. I would hope so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thinking, I mean, I mean, the yeah. purpose, I mean, when persons live in life, persons want to live a good life. Persons want to live a good life. Persons want to know that uh, the necessities are met. Persons want to know that they, some of their wants are met. Persons want to know that they, they are doing well in life. And thinking clearly helps you do that. I think that would be a motivating factor enough to help persons because persons, the fundamental aspect of being here is to live well. And if thinking well, causes you to live well why not train yourself in thinking well by learning how to write
0: right yeah absolutely um and i I really want to take a moment to commend all the educators all the teachers who take the time and have the patience to sit with our young ones to uh, teach them how to read teach them how to write and how to express themselves um effectively um so with that being said, uh, we're now coming to the conclusion of our episode. Can you just remind people of everywhere that they can find Purpose Driven?
1: Purpose Driven? Um, right now, I had some copies with me that it's, 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 it's sold out. You can find it on Amazon for now, but I will be doing some, some orders to have some in my possession. So okay. right now, as the date uh, of the recording, you could find Purpose Driven on Amazon. Okay
0: uh, and if you're still if you're watching this uh, right now uh, in the caption above, I already did you the favor. the link is right there. all you have to do is click it go ahead and order. Um, there are so many companies that you can use here in St. Lucia now to uh, receive your package. Um, there's Zippy Freight. there's uh, uh, West West Tech West Yeah West Tech um, and. Um, yeah,
1: dropbox shopbox
0: shopbox box. Uh, so there's multiple uh solutions that you can use to re- receive your order of your book um and you can have it in about a week or a few days um and so let's show our support for uh mr mafra uh proud of you uh and i encourage you to keep doing what you're doing keep reading keep researching and keep pushing the envelope thank you all right folks uh as always, I have to tell you when you'll be seeing us again. You will be seeing uh, me here uh, in another episode of Family Reflections on July twenty-six. <laughs> I, know, I know that date means a lot right now to a lot of people, but uh, the episode will be airing on that date. Um, so <laughs> so uh, we'll see you on July twenty-six. Uh, make sure that you're living a life that is purpose-driven. Thank you, Mr. Mafra, for joining us, and uh, see you guys later.